Now, by now, you have figured out that this week was VBS week, right? We, we've gotten that point across. This week was VBS week here at First Christian Church. We had a great time. See, I, I've not always been a huge fan of VBS, but I have become the world's biggest VBS fan. I love VBS week. I had a blast this week teaching kids Bible stories. It's what I love to do. But we, uh, we made crafts. We played games. We sang songs. Uh, we learned Bible stories. We jumped up and down and had a lot of fun. And then the kids had fun, too. And... Uh, <laughs> We had a ball this week. We just had a, a great time. Uh, Aaron, I want to let you know, as we said, $888 raised for Camp LRCA. We had 106 different kids come to VBS this week, 106 unique kids, and I do mean unique. Um, I really want to do take a moment and just thank all the helpers, those who helped us out, uh, because without the helpers, there's no way... VBS would have gotten off the ground. There's, uh, David and I were co-coordinators this year, uh, and believe me, on our own, um, no, not so good. Uh, but with the helpers that we had, uh, it, was, it was just amazing. I'd like to thank those who donated craft items, food items, and money towards this week of VBS. And I really want to thank those especially who head up, headed up a specific area. Uh, Lisa Bubala headed up crafts with a lot of help from Sue Langer. Rhonda O'Brien did an amazing job with snacks. Devin Mosley and Stephanie, is it Shibley or Shibley? With a V? Stephanie Shibley uh, helped run the games every night. Amanda Stinnett, not only did Amanda lead the singing, but she volunteered to head up the uh, pre-K and kindergarten classes. And this girl is amazing. She did an amazing job with the uh, pre-K and kindergarten classes. Terry Stinnett headed up the registration for all 106 young people. Tony and Sandy Martinez were great as Coach Armstrong and Professor Wordsmart. And finally, David Herbert did an amazing job as our host, Wade Winnelot, and as co-coordinator. And I want to thank all of you folks for all you did, for all the help, uh, to Joanne, our secretary, for putting together all the publicity, and just, it just everything was amazing. Um, it took a lot of time, money, donations, and help, but with God's grace and his power, we pulled it off. And uh, so thanks to everyone who helped out. And I want you to know that in light of VBS, being that this was VBS week, I changed my sermon topic for the week. Originally, I was going to talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. We're going to do that next week. This week, we're going to talk about Jesus and the little children, the story of Jesus and the little children. And, and I thought, you know, it's VBS week. It's a special Sunday as we celebrate VBS. And not only that, but we've got something special with three little kids coming up. Not three little kids, three young people coming up here in just a little while. And we'll tell you about that in a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, I tell you what, after spending two and a half hours every night with 106 different unique children, I thought it would be very appropriate to talk about Jesus interacting with children. Every summer, I like to preach through uh, special, uh, memorable uh, stories from the Bible. And uh, this is a sermon series called Stories We Know. This summer, we are examining stories from the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke in Stories We Know, Volume 2, Stories from the Gospels, Stories About Jesus. Uh, these are well-known stories about Jesus. We've talked about his birth. We've talked about his uh, baptism, his temptation. We talked about him performing miracles, including raising a widow's son from the dead and calming a storm. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about him feeding the 5,000 and his death and his resurrection. Hallelujah, praise God. We're celebrating Easter in August. And this fall, just so you know where we're going next this fall, we're going to be examining faith in motion, faith in action. We're going to be examining where the rubber meets the road. We're going to talk about the book of James. 
all fall. So that's something to look forward to and uh, look forward to preaching it. And I pray that uh, you'll be starting, maybe take a few moments uh, over the next few weeks and start reading through the book of James to prepare your hearts and prepare your minds uh, to uh, hit some pretty heady, tough topics because that's what the book of James is. It's a pretty tough book, but I, I look forward to it. But for now, we need to talk about Jesus and the little children. What does it mean to receive the kingdom of God like a child, like a little child? That's what we're going to talk about today as we, as we look at how Jesus not only interacted with little children, but what he said to them, what he said about them, and how we can be like them, because that's really what it's all about, and that's what we're going to talk about. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. It's just three short verses, 15, 16, 17. But it's a very important lesson that Jesus teaches us. Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. We're going to read it together right here out of the Bible. Luke 18, 15 through 17. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the, ch let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for, these, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. How, how cool would it be as you're growing up to hear the story from your parents about the day that you met Jesus? Have you ever met anybody famous? Maybe not. Have you ever been told about a time maybe when you were a kid that maybe you don't remember that you met someone famous. Maybe a, a president came through town and, and they held you in their arms, they shook your hand or rubbed your head or something like that. Could you imagine growing up and, and your parents tell you, you know, about Jesus and everything and, and, and you met him once? I, I did? Yeah, Jesus held you in his arms. He did? How cool would that be? Yeah, he, he, he patted you on the head. He held you in his arms. Oh, that'd be amazing. And you know what? Here's the cool thing. All right? This is totally off script, but here's the cool thing. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when he will hold you in his arms. When he says, welcome home. And you walk through the gates of heaven, and he greets you. He just gives you a great big old bear hug. I'm praying that it's a great big bear hug. It says, welcome home. Oh, man. It, sermon's over. If you, can't, if you can't walk out of here full of joy, knowing that, if you can't walk out of here thinking just on top of the world, thinking about that, then y'all got a problem. I know, no y'all, sorry. You all have a problem. Sorry, sermon's not over. We're going to go. We're going to continue on. Uh, Luke 18 is a series of teachings that Jesus gave uh, about prayer and self-righteousness. In verses 1 through 9, his followers are encouraged to pray without ceasing. To keep on praying and praying and praying. In verses 10 through 14, Jesus teaches that one who tries to justify themselves before God will be humbled. Those who truly understand their own spiritual poverty, their own spiritual bankruptcy, will be accepted by God. And then Luke tells us that people were bringing their babies to Jesus to have him touch them and bless them. And, and the disciples, for some reason, thought that this was a task below Jesus. That he was above it. So they rebuked the people and turned the children away. And Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? Hey, bring the little children to me. This, this is who the kingdom of God belongs to. He then tells the disciples that in order to receive the kingdom, one has to accept it like a little child. If you don't, you'll never enter the kingdom. 
The children are the role models for the adults. Adults, what do we do? We mess everything up, don't we? Absolutely. Look at the world that we've, <laughs> we've made. We'll mess everything up. Boy, if we let the children be in charge, man, every day we'd have nap time. We'd make crafts. We'd have recess 17 times a day. Wouldn't it be great to have recess at work? You know, some of you take recess at work, you know, and sleeping at your desk. But no, life would be different. The adults mess everything up, but the kids, the children, they get this right. We're going to talk about that. Uh, now, I have a little story I want to tell you. It, this came in my email this week. In a type of mock atheistic ceremony that's now been performed in at least four states, a robed priest uses a hairdryer marked reason in an apparent bid to blow away the waters of baptism once and for all for those who once believed in religion but now reject it. Several dozen participants then feed on a de-sacrament, crackers with peanut butter, and receive certificates assuring them that they have freely renounced a previous mistake and accepted reason over superstition. It's called de-baptism. Within the past year, de-baptism ceremonies have attracted as many as 250 participants at atheist conventions in Ohio, Texas, Florida, and Georgia. And that's, that's a picture of a de-baptism ceremony going on. More have taken place on college campuses in recent years, according to Hemant Mehta, chair of the board of directors for the Secular Student Alliance, a group that promotes atheism among high school and college students. It was very therapeutic, said Jennifer Gray. It was a chance to laugh at the silly things I used to believe as a child. It helped me to admit that it was okay to think the way I think and to not have any religious beliefs. The kingdom of God is a gift. I really believe that. I believe that the kingdom of God is a gift. And to enter into heaven is a gift from God. Who doesn't like to receive gifts, right? Jonathan's got a birthday coming up in three weeks, August 17th, two. He will be three years old. And I tell you what, the boy loves to get presents. Absolutely loves to get presents. We haven't told him that his birthday's coming up because we don't want to get pestered for the next three weeks about his presents. All kids like to receive gifts. Most adults do, but all kids like to get presents. And there are three ways, I believe, that a child receives a gift, that a child receives presents. First, the child receives it in simple Simply. If you tell a child that, they have a, that you have a gift for them, they'll believe you. I got something for you. You do? Well, give it to me. Let's go. What's taking so long? Give me the present. Give me the gift. Do I have a present? Do you have another present? Do I have another gift coming? Present, 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 present. Gift, 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 gift. If you tell them that the gift is free, they'll believe you. Here's a gift for you. In fact, they'll be even happier. You don't have to do anything for it. <laughs> They're gone, opening it up. They don't ask a lot of questions. They just accept the present with the simple faith that this gift is for them. Like I said earlier, it's the adults who mess everything up. As we get older, we become skeptical, don't we? We become more, well, we become doubters. Nothing can be free and easy when you're an adult. There's got to be some kind of catch, right? Huh? Nothing's free. How many of you ever said that? Nothing is free. There's a price for everything. There's always a catch. What's it going to cost me? We've been burned by get-rich-fast schemes. We've sat through hours of timeshare presentations for that free vacation, for that free television that they're going to give you, maybe. 
It just desensitizes you. It makes you skeptical. But the kingdom of God requires that we accept God's gracious offer of salvation simply. God is standing there with this great gift of love that he has for you and this great gift of love that he has for me. And he says, here, take it. It's yours. It's free. No strings attached. But what do we say? All right, what's the catch? If we want to be a part of the kingdom of God, we must have a simple faith. We must believe that Jesus, the perfect son of God, died on the cross for our sins. The biblical plan of salvation is relatively simple. It starts with simple faith, that Jesus Christ died on a Roman cross for your sins and my sins, and that God raised him from the dead. Whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? We know the verse, John three sixteen. Once we believe, we repent and turn away from sin, we turn to God. We confess our faith publicly, that we truly believe that Jesus died for our sins, and then we are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then we go on to live a life of gratitude and thankfulness. It's simple. It's simple. But what do we do? We try to complicate it with all kinds of rules and regulations. You got to do this. You got to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got to look this way. You have to dress that way. It's simple. It's about simplicity. Being simplistic. Believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Simple. Received God's gift of his love. Received his gift of grace in simple faith. That's where it starts. We must also receive the kingdom in humble faith. Let's face it. Children have very little social status. At least in Jesus' day they did. Today, not so much. We elevate children a lot. But in Jesus' day, they had no social status whatsoever. Children were nobodies. But what does Jesus say? He essentially says that the kingdom belongs to the nobodies. The kingdom of God belongs to the nobodies. It belongs to the humble children, not those who are full of a sense of their own self-importance. Children, by their nature and size, tend to be more humble than adults. We adults are a proud bunch, you know. We're pretty prideful. We think of ourselves pretty highly. Our stuff don't stink. We're pretty good. Look at me. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. See me, 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 me. It's all about me. I did it my way. Right? It's all about me. I missed it. Look what I've done. It's all about me. I deserve this. I cannot get over the number of times I hear that word today. Deserve. You deserve this. How many of you are big fans or have ever seen the show Deal or No Deal? You know what I'm talking about? Holly Mandel, Deal or No Deal. You go on the show and you're selected out of you know some pool. I've tried to get on and they never picked me. But you go on the show, and, uh, and, and this difficult task of selecting suitcases. You're in a room with a celebrity game show host, Howie Mandel, and his lack of hair, and you're surrounded by 26 models. Maybe this is why I haven't gone on the show. God knows, Sean does not need to be anywhere near models. 
Not that he has a chance with models, but anyway, he does not need to be around models. Lust of the eyes and flesh and all that. Anyway, so uh, you got these 26 gorgeous models up on here, and they got all got suitcases, and uh, you sit there and you pick numbers. Difficult task, right? I want to go on Jeopardy, something that actually, you know, you earn the money doing something rather than just picking numbers. So you pick the numbers, they open them up, and, you know, they eliminate uh, the amounts of money based on, you all know what I'm talking about. You've seen the show. Anyway, so um, uh, you have three helpers helpers and they sit there and they encourage you to keep going basically tell you to keep going and lose all the money that you've accumulated um but your helpers are are encouraging you along the way in your little journey towards um i don't know 75 bucks which is what most people end up with um but i i can't get over the number of times someone will say to one of the people one of the helpers will say to the people you deserve this what on the earth has anybody ever done in their lives to deserve a chance to pick numbers out of suitcases and possibly walk home with a million dollars? I mean, has, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. You deserve this. You deserve it. There's a commercial on the radio that I've heard lately, and I can't remember exactly. I'm trying to remember if it's like for a spa or a hotel or it may be for a radio contest or something. You deserve this. What in, our, what in the world have we done in our lives to think that we deserve anything? Somehow, people have got it in their heads that, that we deserve God's favor. That we deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to go to heaven. I should get to go to heaven. Let me tell you right now, okay? The only thing, because of our sinfulness and our rejection of God and our rebellion against God and our disobedience of his word, the only thing that we truly deserve is to go to H-E double hockey sticks. There's little kids in the room. That's all we really deserve. I mean, what we truly, honestly deserve is to spend an eternity separated from God. That's what we deserve. We have rebelled against him time and again. We have sinned over and over and over again. We do the wrong things even though we know that they're wrong. We don't do the right things even though we know that they're the right things to do. This is the kind of life we live, and yet somehow we get it in our heads, I deserve to go to heaven. I deserve God's love. I deserve God's grace. I deserve it. Look at me. It's all about me. We somehow think that God should overlook all of the ugliness that we have created in the mess of our lives. And we should somehow overlook all the sin. And he should just let us into his kingdom because we're all so warm and fluffy and cute. We're like little human kittens, really, aren't we? Like a little puppy dog, like a little wiener dog. Aren't we cute? Wiener dogs pee on the floor. The Bible says that we must humble ourselves before God. We must humble ourselves before God. You know why? Because he is an awesome God. He is a powerful God. He is a mighty God. He is worthy of our fear. He is worthy of our honor. He is worthy of our respect. He is the king. How do you enter into the presence of a king? You don't walk in with your chest puffed out saying, hey, king, look at me. Here I am, baby. It's not what it's about. When you walk into the presence of a king, you walk with your head down low. 
You walk in with humility. This is the king. And he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is God. And yet we treat him like, uh, like he's no big deal. He is God. He created all of this. He made you. Remember what Bill Cosby said on his show? I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Folks, that's God. He put you here. He'll take you right out. He is God. He is God Almighty. You bow down before him. You, you pay him homage. Instead, we don't humble ourselves before God. We make demands of him. We feel like we are owed something, that I deserve something from you, God. You know what? The Bible says I, I've earned something. The Bible says I deserve something. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says the wages of sin is death. Because of my sin, that's what I deserve. I deserve death. But... Oh, that wonderful word, but. Romans 6.23, the second half says, but the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. The gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. He raised him up on the third day, and now he reigns in power and glory at the right hand of the Father. He is coming back, and he will take home those who have received God's kingdom Let's receive it in humility. We must receive the kingdom of God in simple faith and in humble faith and in thankful faith. You ever see a kid get a gift that he really, 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 really wanted? What do they say? You know, you watch America's Funniest Home Videos and they show the Christmas special, you know, and some kid gets some gift and he tears it open and he's like... I imagine that, I imagine, honestly, um, I don't know where he went. I, I, I imagine that happened to Stephen Massey on several occasions. I, that, that That's his face. He gets a comic book or a video game or something. He just goes, <laughs> and runs around the house going, thank you, 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 And that's what little kids do. You give them the gift they want, the Red Ryder BB gun. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Thank you. But they run around the house going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what I wanted. This is all I really wanted. And they're so excited. And you know what? They are really, truly grateful, truly thankful. Now, they'll break it within a few hours, but that doesn't mean that at the time they aren't really thankful for it. We must have thankful and grateful hearts to God for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. We must be thankful, grateful, live lives of gratitude. How does one live a life of gratitude? When you receive a gift, when you get a gift that you've really always wanted, this amazing, awesome, wonderful gift, what do you do? Guess what I got? <laughs> You'll never believe what I got. I got the greatest gift ever. We tell people, right? I got to tell you about this amazing, awesome gift I got. Oh, I got what I, 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 got what I always wanted. I got this amazing gift. I get this wonderful present for my wife. I get this wonderful present for my parents. We want to tell people about it, and that's what, we need, that's what we need to do. We need to tell people about this gift we've received. It means doing what we're commanded to do. Jesus said that if we love him, we'll obey his commands. If we truly love God and are thankful for what he's done, we'll obey him. We'll live lives of gratitude and thankfulness. But it's hard to be thankful. It's really hard to be thankful when we're so preoccupied with all that goes wrong in this world. 
It's hard to count our blessings when it seems like we've got nothing but problems. It's hard to find the silver lining in the clouds when the rain keeps pouring down. But remember this, my friends. Remember this. It's only temporary. Nothing lasts forever except the love of God in Jesus Christ. I believe that. That the, the momentary troubles of this world, though they may seem to take forever to get through, the momentary difficulties and the trials and the tribulations are just that. They are momentary. They are temporary. There's a, a day coming when there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more heartache. That day I was talking about earlier, when Jesus gives you that great big bear hug in his presence. We have eternity to look forward to. The trials and the tribulations of this world are just a mere drop in the bucket compared to the length of time that is eternity. Now, it may not make the trials any less severe, but it helps to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that it's not an oncoming train. There's a movie called Simon Birch, and it follows a boy with stunted growth who has a clear sense that God has an important plan for his life. Little Simon is often met with obstacles and opposition, but he plods on through life until he really becomes a hero. Simon and his friend Joe do everything together, even though they're an odd pair. The unlikely Simon is always talking about the great plans God has for his life, but Joe is doubtful. Joe has been deeply wounded by growing up without a father and simply cannot move from cynicism to true faith. Early in the movie, Simon and Joe are heading home from the swimming hole. As Simon and Joe wander down through a field of wildflowers, they turn to discussing destiny and the role of faith. Simon says, but things will be different once God makes me a hero. You know, you shouldn't talk about this hero stuff, Simon. Why not? Because it's weird. The other kids tease you enough as it is. I don't care, it's the truth. But you don't have any proof. Simon says, I don't need proof. I have faith. Your problem is that you have no faith. Joe says, I got faith. I just want proof to back it up. What an adult thing to say. What a very adult thing to say. I got faith, but I just want proof to back it up. You know, we're very much the same way. We may have a little bit of faith, but we really want the proof to back it up. I think that's why Jesus pointed to the little ones. Look around you, okay? We've got little ones in here today. We've got young ones in here today. Brandon. He says, be like these little ones. Be like these little children. You tell them something, they'll believe it. No questions asked. Well, maybe one. Why? You tell them something, they'll believe it. Receive the kingdom in simple, humble, and thankful faith. Life is hard. It really is. But God is good. And all the time. He proved his goodness. He showed us how good he is. He proved his goodness by sending his son to die on the cross. He said, I, I don't want to spend eternity without you. I want to spend eternity with you. And I made a place just for you. It's better than any Holiday Inn or Four Seasons or four-star restaurant or four-star hotel. I've made a place just for you. And I want to spend eternity with you. All you got to do is receive my gift. Accept the gift of my kingdom in humble, 
simple, thankful faith. It's really easy, my friends. We make it hard, but it's really easy. We offer an invitation every Sunday. And I'd like to have the band come up. And we're going to sing a song of invitation here in just a second. But that invitation it could be for you today. If you've never accepted the gift of God's kingdom, if you have never been welcomed into his kingdom, if you have not become part of his kingdom, we invite you to do that today. Like I said, it's real simple. You've got to believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Boom. You can do that today. We have three young ones who are coming forward to be baptized today, and I thought this is especially appropriate considering that we're talking about Jesus and little children today. So they're going to come forward, and they're going to be baptized by their father. I'm all excited. Three little ones coming home. Will you be like them? Will you simply say yes? Will you simply believe? Say, I, I want to live for God, and uh, I'll be baptized today. We got warm water, we got towels, we got robes. We got a place for you to change. Is today the day? Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, help us to, uh, to be like little children, to believe without a, a need for proof. Help us to believe simply. Help us to believe in humility. Help us to believe thankfully for what you have done for us, for all that you've done. God, if you never did another thing, we'd still have all eternity to thank you for. But you've made promises to us as well. Help us to believe those promises. Help us to be like little children and receive your gift. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.